anybody can follow God and trust Him when things are easy. But what about when we hit bumps in the road, or we're told no, or we're given boundaries by God? What about then? What about when He tests our hearts? That's what we're talking about today on Love God First. Welcome. You're back. Thanks for coming. We are in the middle of Genesis 2. We've been talking about the Garden of Eden, and we had a great discussion and moment with Jesus about free will on our last podcast, but we can't leave this amazing and crucial verse about the tree of the knowledge of good and evil until we talk a little bit more about it. So that's what we're going to do today. We're going to talk a little bit more about Genesis 2, 16 and 17, and I'm going to pull out a really compelling truth that I think is for us today, and I think that the Lord is going to minister to us. So let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you so much, this Bible, that every word is from you. We thank you that we can build our lives on it and that it's true. It was true thousands of years ago. It's true today. Every word. Come, Holy Spirit, help us to understand, help us to apply, give us insight. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I'm going to read Genesis 2, 16 and 17. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, From any tree of the garden you may eat freely, but from the tree of the knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat from it you shall surely die. All right, pretty sobering command there from the Lord to Adam. Now, last time we talked about free will. This time on this podcast, we're going to talk about testing, because that's really what's going on here. The first thing I want to point out has to do with God explaining the consequences. Notice that he didn't just say, don't eat. He said, don't eat or else. In other words, in the day that you eat from it, you shall surely die. Now, what does that mean? What does die mean here? Because it's really crucial. And this is an important part of Bible study. When, When I'm studying the Bible, I have to know what the words mean in the original language, and not just what they could mean in all the possibilities, but what they mean in this particular context. And that's really important right here for this word die. The word die here means ultimate separation from God due to sin. So death originates with sin. It comes from sin. Sin produces death. You can look at Romans 5.12. Paul explains it a little bit more. But basically, whenever there's sin, there's death. You have to have sin in order for the death to come. Notice, though, notice when I said the definition of death is ultimate separation from God, it doesn't mean death of a person's spirit. It's separation. Now, the Bible never claims that a person is so dead that they can't choose to repent and surrender and turn to God. Spiritual death is not the spirit dying or ceasing. It's separation from God. That is really important. That means we're, we're not in communion with them. But is he still close? Yes. He's out there. He's reaching out to us. The deadness is our own rebellion and ignorance. So I can grasp him. A person can come to him. He's there. The Bible paints it that we've turned our backs on him. He hasn't turned his back on us. That's really important. A person can always come to him. Always. Now, what are the repercussions for Adam? If he chooses, remember, he can choose to obey or disobey God. If he chooses to be separated from God, what will come of that? Well, he won't live forever. So there's going to be physical death that comes out of that. 
He's going to age physically and he's going to live with adversity. There's going to be distress and misery and calamity and injury all until the day he dies. And what I wonder is, did Adam realize all of that? Who knows? Who knows? He may not have. He may have. But here's the thing about people choosing to do evil in the Bible, and in that, for that matter, in our modern world too. They fail to realize until too late the injury they can cause themselves. Isn't that true? Haven't you done something and you think, why did I do that? That, I, that had repercussions I didn't expect. That's why it's so great that we can come to the Lord and ask him to show us the death in something. So if there's a sin that I'm doing that maybe I just can't get victory over it, I know there's death in it at some amount. Even as a Christian, if I sin, there's a little bit of death that's brought in. But if I go to the Lord and say, Lord, show me the death in it. Show me what are the true repercussions of this. I'm going to get stronger and to be able to resist that thing. Remember that the Lord wants us to be victorious over sin. He wants us to choose right. He wants to have holy children. He says, be holy because I am holy. So he's going to give us the insight we need to see the death in something in order to get free of a sin. That's a really great tool to just put in your tool belt as a Christian. Lord, show me the death in it. All right, moving on. So you shall surely die. That phrase that the Lord uses there. It's serious. It's a serious consequence. But even without knowing the full explanation of what that means, Adam can still know enough that it's wrong, but he can still choose to do it. Now, what's going on here? What's going on is God is testing Adam and Eve once once she's around. He's really seeing if Adam will let God say no to him when it's something that he wants. Now, God does the same thing with us. Do I trust God's heart that what he wants for me is good? It always seems to come back to that, doesn't it? It always comes back to his character. Do I believe he is what the Bible says? So how long am I willing to believe that the Lord's heart for me is good? How, how long am I willing to believe that? How long did Adam and Eve trust God? I'd like to think it was long, but it probably wasn't that long. All right, let's apply this to us now. What are we saying? We're saying God still tests people. Why? Is he just being mean? Is he like a professor giving us a test? No, he's allowing our faith to be tested. He tests our resolve not to discover what he didn't know, but to strengthen us and set us free and show us what's in our hearts. Back in 2005, I began to seek the Lord about buying a house, about buying another house. We lived in a small house with one bathroom and we were having more children. We needed a bigger house and more than one bathroom. So I pray this one afternoon, Lord, can we buy a house? Should we buy a house? Is this a good idea? And I, I really heard a definitive yes from him. Yes, start looking for a house. So we began to look and we found this house in Gig Harbor that I really liked. I mean, loved In fact, I'm going to admit to you, I was obsessed with this house. It had land. It had more than one bathroom. It was beautiful. It was brand new. I wanted this house. Have you ever felt that way about something that you want it so much you're going to just have it? Well, that's how I felt about this house, which I'm not proud to say. It was obsessive. I'm admitting this. It was too much. It was over the top with my own desires, but that's where I was. 
what happened was we put an offer on the house, but another person put another offer on the house and they had cash. If you get an offer on your house by Friday night at 9 p.m., we'll honor your offer. If you don't have a buyer for your house, then we'll go with this other buyer. So it was all contingent on Friday night at 9 p.m. And it was 4th of July weekend. Who's looking at houses on 4th of July weekend? But nevertheless, we were persevering through it and we were having people come and look at the house. Nobody was making an offer. And it was getting closer and closer to that Friday at 9 p.m. Finally, about 4 o'clock that Friday, I remember thinking, I don't think it's going to happen. This is is horrible. And time went on. 8 p.m., I called our realtor and said, okay, I guess we're letting this house go. It's not going to happen Obviously, we're going to have to look for some other houses. Okay. And I released it. And then at 8.15, a knock came at our door. 8.15 p.m. And this lady said, hi, I know this is kind of crazy, but I have a moment here. I was driving by your house. Can I look at your house? Yes, come on in. She looked at the house. And at 8.45, a half hour later, she made an offer on this house. And we called the realtor, and she came over, and at about 8.50 p.m., we faxed the information that we had a buyer for this house, and we were able to keep that other house and get it. It was incredible. It was, it was a photo finish. And I remember talking to the Lord about that afterwards, saying, Lord, why did that have to happen like that? And he actually answered. Usually he doesn't explain things, right? How how much, honestly, how many times does the Lord explain things? Not that often. Usually it's like, yes, sir, we'll do it. And we trust you. But this time he did, he explained, and he said, something had to die in me in order for him to give me that house because I was too obsessed. And he's a good father who only gives good gifts to his children. And it wouldn't have been good if he would have given it to me before that thing had died. Now, how does this relate to testing? Well, that was a test. That whole process was a test for me. Now, it wasn't life and death like Adam here, but it was my test. And I have to admit, I think I failed it. I really do. To get to the end with one hour before and having to let it go because the circumstances are making me let it go, that's not the best. I think when I look back at that, I'm not proud and I wish I would have done better. The good news is the next house we bought I was determined to do better, and I really think that I did. I was really open-handed, and I by then knew, a house, who cares about a house? It's not that important. Yes, I want it to be safe, and I want it to be clean and comfortable, but I don't, it's not my live and die, this is how I'm, what I'm going to base all my existence on, my house. That, that's not healthy. And so okay, the second time I did better. But wow, I really I really wish I would have done better. Still, I did learn. I saw my heart's condition. I knew I hadn't fully yielded where we live to God. And getting that misplaced worship of a home out by repenting was really wonderful. The Lord set me free from the power. It was an idol. It was an idol and it had to go. And I was better for it, even though, yes, like I said, I mostly failed the test. Testing always confronts me with the question, how long will I wait for God before I take matters into my own hands? Always. And there is one person in the Bible who was tested and passed with flying colors. Jesus. Of course, of course, Jesus, he would do great. But those 40 days in the wilderness talk about a test. And what did Jesus have to confront? He had to confront the question, how hungry will I get before I accuse the Father? How thirsty 
before I become bitter? And Jesus' answer was, man does not live by bread alone, but by everything that proceeds from the mouth of God. That beautiful scripture from Deuteronomy 8.3. So we haven't seen it yet in Genesis, but with a test, whatever God tells me will be questioned by the devil. And God's love for me is going to be challenged too. Those are always going to be the things that the, the enemy brings up is God's character and his love for me. And Jesus saw it too in the wilderness. And Adam and Eve will see it in chapter three when we get to Genesis. But the question I have to you for you today is, will I, like Jesus in the wilderness, keep waiting beyond the point where I thought I couldn't make it any longer? So what promise is the devil trying to take from me and from you? What truth does he want me to compromise? And if you're in the middle of a test, can I just encourage you, keep holding on to the last promise God made to you. Keep holding on to the last thing you heard from him. Cling to Jesus with all your strength. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we know that testing is good for us. It builds our faith. It builds our resolve. It helps us to get a healthier heart where we aren't putting idols into our lives. And so we are thankful for them, even though they're tough, even though they are, they stretch us to the point where we think we're going to break. But we trust you, Lord. Your word says that no temptation has come to us that is beyond what we can bear. And I think that's true for testing too, Lord, because there are lots of temptations that come in tests. So we commit to holding on to you, even though it's tough, even though the tests that you bring are difficult because we know that it's for our good that you're doing it, that you're going to grow us more into the character of Jesus. So thank you for that today. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, if you enjoyed this podcast, please follow me and do a high rating so we can get more people interested in Love God First. And if you have questions I haven't answered yet, feel free to email me at lovegodfirstpodcast at gmail.com. That's lovegodfirstpodcast at gmail.com.